0: This is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it I love you today Jesus God bless you as you return to your seats please remain standing what a powerful word from God that we heard last night thank you brother Carol for delivering your heart and for preaching truth are there any young people today who love truth Do you really love truth today? Are you thankful for truth today? Man, as has already been stated, if you were in the nine o'clock session this morning, we were blessed by the ministry of Pastor Caleb Adams. And I know that today will be no different. Are you hungry for the Word of God today? Are you ready for some more preaching today? Are you hungry for truth today? It's my honor today to introduce our speaker, Brother Kelly Patrick is no stranger to Peak. He's no stranger to this pulpit. He's a tremendous man of God, an f- incredible preacher. And I believe that God is getting ready to move in this house all over again this morning. <clears throat> Peak, would you help me welcome the man of God as he comes by lifting your hands and lifting your voices in giving the Lord a shout of praise today.
1: Come on, give that to the Lord right now. He's worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's do that for a moment right now. If you haven't had a chance, why don't you take advantage of the moment and open your heart to the Spirit of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah praise god what a wonderful presence of the lord that we feel here this morning and i'm thankful that god is mindful of us and has chosen to visit with us once again amen i don't want to ever lose the wonder of not just expecting him to be there and it becomes ho-hum and average but i don't want to ever lose the wonder of that breath of God that just kind of blows across your soul, let you know, here I am, I'm here with you. Amen, what a miracle. What a supernatural event, and encounter. Amen, and I'm thankful that I feel that here today. I give honor to Chairman Wells and the Youth Committee, Youth Council. God bless all of them for their hard work. Putting this great conference together year after year Amen. I am humbled and honored by the confidence that they have extended to me today and to all the pastors who have brought your young people and allowed them to be in this environment and to be preached to. And I pray that the Holy Ghost will help us today to minister a word from him that will not just cause an emotional response, but that will impact a change in your life, a path a trajectory change, an adjustment. Maybe some just need a slight bump one way or the other. Or maybe there's some here today that need a complete course change. But wherever you find yourself, I pray you walk out of these services Friday night with that taken care of and the direction set, amen, in your life. And I believe that started last night so powerfully. give honor to the leadership of the worldwide pentecostal fellowship to the executive council and our chairman brother kenny godair god bless him very much and to all the wonderful people of god i honor my beautiful wife who's here today and my children my family and uh, i would be remiss if i did not honor uh, my pastor's wife who is here today uh, in honor of my bishop bishop wayne mclean sister mclean's here today and uh, these people have impacted my life beyond words. I give her honor today, amen, and respect. And uh, don't ever lose the respect for those who have impacted your life. Amen. Those who have made such an impact. Amen. Praise God. Well, I hope you're here today just to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. And just to feel after the presence of God this is not original with me I heard this some time ago and I picked it up as my own because I believe it to be true And that is that one of the greatest resources that every Apostolic Church has is its young people the zeal the passion the energy Amen. The lack of a job and direction gives you ability to just be used around the church. Amen. The greatest resource of worship and energy in a local church is our young people. Amen. And I don't think we ought to just put them off till tomorrow. I think we ought to engage them today. Which means if you're gonna to engage today, and man, what a tremendous, phenomenal job Brother Adams did talking to our young ministers. You need to get busy today preparing your life, getting things in order in, in so that you can be used of God. And uh, I want to introduce you to today to a resource that you need in your hands. And I know there are a lot of resources that are available to our young people but one of our own, Pastor Harlan Morgan from Sulphur, Louisiana, has written a tremendous pattern of life. Life is not a video game. Essential attributes for kingdom excellence. And I'm telling you, this is a wonderful, readable book for every young person. You need this in your hands and in your hearts. Amen. I encourage you to go about picking one of those up and adding it to your devotion and pattering your life. I encourage every pastor, invest in your young people. Yes. 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 Buy them one of these and put it in their hands. Let them know you believe in them. Amen. And that uh, you believe that they can do great and mighty things in the kingdom of God. If you're really hungry for God, don't just say you are. And don't just shout at peak. Start putting it into practice. And this is a great way to do that. You can pick that up at the bookstore, or you can see Brother Morgan. Pick those up. I encourage you, don't leave here without one of those. It's that kind of information. I wish that I would have been able to have something. There was probably something like that available, and uh, nobody made it aware, or nobody put it into my hands, and uh, I certainly didn't go seeking it out as a young person. So avail yourself of that amen and, and uh, be used of God and get ready for excellence amen get ready for wonderful things that God wants to do in your life as has already been said what powerful preaching we heard last night amen and uh, as it is you would think that uh, brother Carol and I have been talking to the same person You would think we've been communicating with the same one as he began to preach last night i thought lord at least leave me a little something to say because i feel this burning so powerfully upon my heart amen but what we're going to do today is just in essence turn the page to the next chapter of the book thank you brother carol for preaching to us amen i want to fight where the battle rages i don't want to be on the sidelines I don't want to wait for some mystical day, I want to engage now. If you have your Bibles, we are going to read. You can either read along with us in your Bible or on your device, but we're going to jump around just a bit to lay a foundation. So if you would like to read with us by following uh, on the screen, if that would make it easier, uh, please do so. Genesis chapter number six looking forward to all of these men who are following you man i believe it's just going to build and build and build until god's great will is accomplished and done here friday night genesis chapter 6 verse 5. and god saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every, every everybody say every Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Jumping down to verse 8, Genesis 6 verse 8. But Noah, in that generation, that wickedness was great in the earth in that generation where every imagination of the thoughts of man's heart, humanity was only evil continually. In that kind of generation, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, in that same generation. In that same generation, Noah was perfect and righteous and walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Jumping over a chapter, Genesis seven, verse one, we're reading for a foundation here today. Genesis seven, verse one. And the Lord said unto Noah, I want you to notice these words. He didn't just invite Noah into the ark. Noah, come thou and all thy house. That means all of his sons and their wives are coming into the ark for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation and our last reading jumping to verse 11 in the seventh chapter of Genesis in the 600 year of Noah's life in the second month the seventeenth day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the self same day entered Noah, and Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. I have just read to you the setting of a man and his family who found themselves in a generation so twisted out of its perfect state in which God had created it to exist that god decided it was too much that he was going to eradicate and start again but in that generation he found a man that had fought it out even in that generation and he prepared a place for him but what about his family how did that generation impact noah's family not only how did that generation impact noah's family but how did noah's family respond to the impact i want to preach with the help of the holy ghost for just a little while here this morning the influenced and the influencer the influenced and the influencer would you pray and let's ask the Holy Ghost to help us in the remainder of this service today God we thank you for your word we thank you for your spirit we thank you for your people that are gathered in this house oh Holy Ghost I feel you in this place I pray let the Word of God go forth with power let it accomplish the purpose of it being sent let us hear Let us receive and let us respond appropriately in that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated this morning. God bless you and please be seated. We would probably be hard pressed to find anyone in this house today who is not familiar to a great degree with the story of Noah, the story of the flood, the story of the washing of the earth and the beginning again. But we are not that many generations and that far removed from the creation of the earth, from the first man, Adam, and his wife, Eve. There were probably men alive at the birth of Noah, maybe even uh, who had talked with Adam and who had listened intently to the descriptions of what it was like in the true very beginning, what it was like in that garden, what it was like to be expelled. The emphasis here is simply uh, that this generation in which Noah was born into was not a generation that far removed from the beginning, from the perfect state and the fall of man. And in that very short period of time, humanity had spiraled so out of control and out of sorts that it had become a a people, that were so wicked that when God tried to describe to the writer Moses of what that generation was like, he would impress upon Moses to write about them that the only way you can describe them generationally so that all generations to come will understand some part is to say of them, that not one thought that they had in any given day on any given moment was anything but evil. Every imagination of their thoughts were continually and only evil, amen? Which means that if they act on their thoughts. uh, Then every action that they partook of, uh, every single day and every moment of the day uh, were actions that were evil and actions uh, that were contrary towards uh, God. Does that sound familiar to anybody in the house today? A generation that was being pressed uh, on every side by wickedness, wicked inventions, wicked actions, evil thoughts, evil intents, evil actions, so much so that some uh, would, would, would posture that even the earth, and the the animal kingdom for the very first time in this short created period were beginning to rebel and beginning to step out of even their known and created realm of life in other words the whole world all of humanity was upside down and sideways and chaotic and somehow Some way in all of that setting, in all of that generation, there was a man by the name of Noah who tried his best to keep it all together and when god began to seek out someone in that generation that he could declare as righteous and perfect he found one individual named noah and he said the testimony of noah is that he was perfect in his generation In the generation in which he found himself living, Noah had decided, I am not going to follow the paths of this generation. He was not part of a club. He was not part of a group. He was not part of a church. He was not part of a youth group. He was a sole individual. But something inside of him that had trickled down from generations past when everyone else was turning their back towards God and embracing evil. Noah found the strength within him, his own self to say, I may be doing this all by myself but I am going to walk perfect in my generation I want to encourage a young man and a young lady here today that feel like you're doing it all by yourself. You remember this man named Noah who walked in an entire generation, not just a high school, not just a college campus, but an entire generation. He was the only individual that God could find that was righteous and perfect and walked with God. I want to encourage you today, keep on walking. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but do not bow to the influence. Keep your shoulders back, keep your head high, and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Oh, I want to slow down and get to where I want to go today. But I'm not looking at a weak, anemic crowd of young people ready to break and ready to bow. I'm looking at a group of young people who are ready to take the world, not as the world is, but as God wants the world to be. There were great influences that were pressing on every side. I wanna take just a moment here this morning and talk about just a few things before we really get where we're going. Influence. Influence. Influence is the power or capacity Uh of causing an effect in an indirect and an intangible way. You can't really exactly see what it's doing or where it's coming from until you get a little ways down the road. Influence is to affect or to alter by indirect or intangible means. This idea, this concept that has evolved into the word influence, originally was born out of an idea in mysticism, the and in astrology that uh, there was a belief held that some kind of celestial fluid would be released from the heavens and it would slowly trickle down into the earth region and it would impact the inhabitants of the earth to act in a particular way or to accomplish a particular thing now you and i we believe that just not in a mystical sense We know exactly what kind of otherworldly influence is trying its best to influence down and trickle down into the earth to impact the inhabitants of everyone on the earth. Again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but that's exactly what God has called you to be a vessel for. He's got something otherworldly that he wants to loose in the earth, and he needs influencers who will let the flow from heaven come down into them, and then out into the world that is around them. In a very modern sense, this idea of influence refers, and this is important, I want you to get this. This modern idea of influence refers to the power to change and affect someone, especially the power, listen to this, to cause change without directly forcing those changes to happen. Are you with me? Are you listening? Influence, in the modern sense, is being able to cause change, to impact change, without directly forcing those changes to happen. It can refer to a person or a thing that affects someone or something in an important way. Influence stands in the shadows and sends out a message. Influence tries its best to orchestrate a change and an effect without actually being able to say well it was this uh, uh, or it was that uh, or it was this over here. Uh, it is actually rooted in an old Latin word that literally means the inflow of a thing. Not raging but it subtly trickles in and it in. Slowly and unnoticeably, It, it causes change indirectly. But the change that it causes is important, change it's not just change for change's sake, but it's important, and as each influence alters a tad here and a little there. You arrive at a generation that the change is so great that it has altered the meaning of life and it has altered the concepts of reality and it has altered the truth of what is absolute. It's been subtle. It's like just a little trickle that's flowing here and it's flowing there. And before long, there is such change that you do not recognize what this is to be or what that is to be. I know this is elementary, but let me tell you that the influenced is the one that is impacted by that. The influencer is the one who is orchestrating that change. So influence is a subtle, indirect, intangible action. A a word spoken here, an idea planted there a concept unpacked here and when they all converge together they bring about a change of perception the influenced is the one that takes that in and then says hey I'll let that affect me the influencer is the one on the other end who is sending out the idea who is planting the seed who is unpacking the concept my question to all of us here today is which are you are you the one being influenced are you the one being the influencer Now this idea of being an influencer really started getting traction in about the year 2000 for all of us here and our common understanding of what an influencer is. When the internet started offering opportunity for individuals who were formerly unknown and had no prestige or fame but had a lot of opinions about things, some that were worthy and some that were unworthy, the, it offered them an opportunity to begin to build their own brand by having word blogs where they could talk to you about the the, the best tasting bread and butter pickles, or yeah. yeah. right. yeah. uh, the greatest coffee, or or what they thought was about. Uh, Republicans or Democrats or, or the Constitution or Acts 2.38 or the oneness of God. It offered such an opportunity for people who probably shouldn't have but now did start postulating and pontificating about their opinions about all of these things. And some of them begin to gain traction and they became Known as influencers. Little groups started forming around these ideas. Some would grow rather large until MySpace. Is there anybody here that remembers that? Came along, and then you could invite people into your space and a little later on Facebook came along and invaded your space and you don't even know where your space is now. Facebook came along and took it to another level and then Instagram came along and just caused it to explode into an entire industry of influencers who are trying to plant a little seed about this and about that. They're trying to alter change in what shoes you wear, how you dress, what you think about climate change, what you think about government, what you think think about authority what you think about God what you think about truth little by little by little trickling in flowing in here flowing in there and again I ask you the question which are you are you the influenced are you the influencer Oh, we got a long ways to go, and I want to hurry along here. So this idea has become very familiar to all of us in this room today. We understand the concepts, uh, amen, and we rage against the system as we scroll through our Instagram and subconsciously say, hey, I want to buy one of those not even realizing the impact and the effect. Well, let me just encourage you here today. You are not the first generation to have to deal with that. In fact, Noah had a family that was being raised in that same wicked and evil generation. Noah had a family that he was trying to bring up and the world was pressing in and they would go out into the world and the wicked and evil generation would plant a seed in Ham's mine and plant a seed in Shem's mine and plant a seed in Jephthah's mine and then they would go home that night and oh, Noah would sit them down and say, I know what you saw today. And I know what you heard today. But let me tell you the reality. And he would plant a seed. And he would try to get into the heart and the mind of Ham. And he would try to get into the heart and mind of Shem. And he would try to get into the heart and mind of Jephthah. And this went on and on and on until God finally said, Noah, I'm going to give you and your family family a way to escape. I'm going to gather you up and get you out of this generation. Aren't you thankful that we have a place like Peak and your local church that when the pressure of the world gets so great, I can't wait to get to Sunday morning. I can't wait to get to Friday night youth function. I can't wait to get to Bible study midweek. Oh, I'm looking King, uh, for a safe place. Uh, I want to hide away uh, from the influence. I want to remind you what our text said today. That God called Noah. And God said, Noah, I want you to bring your whole family into the ark. I want you to bring Shem, I want you to bring Helm, I want you to bring Jepha and their wives and get on the ark. We're gonna sail out the, of this chaotic world. I've got something better for you. I've got another place for you. It's gonna be a little chaotic for a few days, but just hang on, Noah. I'm gonna take you to a better land, and when you get there, I'm gonna reestablish my covenant with you. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna cause you to be fruitful, and to multiply, and to replenish, and to have dominion. Everything that I, Adam lost, and the world gave up. Noah, I'm gonna give it back to you on the other side of the flood, but not to you only. I'm gonna give it to you and your sons. That's what the Bible says. Genesis chapter nine, verse one, after that the ark had come to rest, and God had brought them out, God blessed Noah and his sons and said not unto him, but unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. God's mission never changes. I want that to sink in. That God blessed Noah and all three of his sons. But depending on how they respond to the influence of the past is going to determine how far they get to go in possessing the promises of God the future, you know the story. The Bible says that Noah began to be a husbandman. He planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and was drunken and was uncovered within his tent. He was exposed and the Bible says that his son Ham saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. This was the actions of Ham on the other side of the flood. Now, I I, want to be careful here today, but there is clear indication that something Ham had been influenced by on that Side of the flood. That wicked, that evil, those imaginations that were being emanated out and and being shown forth on the other side of the flood somehow had gotten down into the heart and the spirit of this boy Ham. The influence. He became influenced by what he saw. He became influenced by what he heard. He became influenced by those he hung out with and those he participated with. He never intended to be the man he turned out to be, I'm sure, but because He was not careful with the influences. Even when he got on the other side of the flood, the influence was still with him. And things he thought he would never do. Oh, the little seeds that were planted. The concepts that were unpacked the ideas that were introduced uh, when he got on the other side. uh, He could not escape the influence. Uh, He could escape the destruction uh, but he could not escape uh, the influence Uh, and when he got on the other side of the flood, he started acting out uh, the influences uh, of the past. Uh, He started acting out uh, the things that he saw, uh, the things that he heard, uh, the things that he ingested and he exposed his father. He took advantage of his father. He was immoral with his father and he went out just like he had seen those destroyed do and he laughed about it and he mocked about it and he went to his brothers and he said, let me tell you what I just saw and what I just did. Ham was acting out the influences of a world that he had lived in and out of that ark came the main two streams of spiritual life from that day forward out of that ark came the heart of those who want to give themselves to the perversion that they have been influenced to ingest and partake of. But on the other side, there are some shims who don't just remember what they saw and what they heard, but they remember the nights in Daddy's house when Daddy said, boys, it's not right. I know the whole world's doing it. I know your friends are doing it I know their mamas and daddies are doing it I know people you grew up with are doing it I know people you went to church with are doing it but Noah was teaching them listen boys it's not right and somehow out of all the chaos that influence got down in the heart of Shem and when Shem saw what his brother had done he said oh no you're not gonna do this. You're not going to bring us into this. But they took a cloak and they put it on their shoulders and they walked backwards. We came out of that world. We almost died in that world. We're not going to let the influence of that world come here. We are going to be the influencers on this side of the flood. You know the story, the Bible says that when Noah awoke, he knew what his youngest son had done. And he said, cursed be Canaan. Your offspring is gonna struggle because you couldn't get the influence in your life under control. So your offspring is going to struggle they're going to be servants of servants in other words uh, the offspring of ham is going to be servant to the influence that their father could not get the victory over they're going to be bound they're going to be tied up They're going to spend their whole lives on the peripheral edge trying to break free but never getting free. Oh, blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Cana shall serve his, uh, and Cana shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Jephthah, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Cana shall be his servant. In other words, Noah said, because you have given him to the influence of your past, those things that the ark and the water should have have covered but you've allowed those influences to continue to reign in your life. you're gonna struggle your offspring's gonna struggle and your descendants are going to struggle. It started immediately. These two streams, these inflows into the world started immediately. The Bible says that the offspring and descendants of Ham, it was like all of a sudden, immediately, they begin to dominate in the earth. They were earthly. They were temporary. And they were intimidating. They were men like Nimrod. They were city builders. They were tower builders. They were perverse innovators. Listen to what the Bible says and the sons of him, Cush, Misrim, and Foot and Cana. And Cush beget Nimrod. Listen, I want you to listen close because you're gonna recognize a few words. You, you may not catch all this and some of this may be strange to you, but you're gonna recognize a few words. And Cush beget Nimrod. He begin to be a mighty one in the earth he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Out of the land went forth Ashur, And here's another one you'll recognize. Builded Nineveh. He built Nineveh, the same is a, a great city city. You'll recognize this in Genesis 10 and Canaan begat Sidon. That's a New Testament place. His firstborn, and the Jebusites. And 1 Chronicles 1 tells us that out of these offspring also came those of whom the Philistines were from. What I want to press on you today is that out of this influence and this action of him came the descendants that begin to be a type of those who are peripheral dwellers. They're almost in and they're almost out. And everything they do has a twisted perversion to it. They're innovators of how to connive. They're innovators of how to twist what's right into something for pleasure. They dwell right on the edge of where they could be. Oh yeah, you're thinking of that young man. You're thinking of that young lady right now. They're right on the edge. I wanna first preach to you here today. If that's you, I'm preaching to you today. It's time to come back into the land you belonged in. Quit living on the peripheral. Quit living in the in-between. Quit trying to get away with a little twist here and a little twist there. Stay with us, we're gonna end positive, but I I feel an unction to preach to a young man and preach to a young lady. Quit trying to be the one that can be on the periphery, that can act like everything's good, but twist everything just a little. And you get joy out of seeing your other peers trip up over your influence oh you know they've never seen pornography so you try to walk up on them uh, at a youth event uh, without them really knowing what's going on and try to look, look at this You know, they've never given themselves over to some of these things, but you're right on the edge, and the influences in your life have brought you to this place. I've come today to preach to you. God's interested in you. God wants to get a hold of you today, and tomorrow, and tomorrow night, and tonight, and God wants to pull you up and out of that. He doesn't want you to be an influencer, a perversion, and Distortion in your youth group. He wants you to be an influencer of worship, an influencer of prayer, an influencer of faithfulness. Oh, yeah. This is why one must be extremely careful Come on. Oh, God. because influence, oh, Brother Carol, you just preached all over it. It's so gradual. You have to be extremely careful because influence can be indirect, but hear me young people. I want you to listen. Influence is powerful. It's important because whether or not you realize it, influence indirectly, gradually shapes your worldview. You think you're just wasting an hour. You put your brain in park. You're not gonna be affected. You don't even know that that little seed twisted just a tad the way you see the world, the way you see life, the way you see your church, the way you see your Bible, the way you see God, the way you see the authority of preaching the way you see investing in the kingdom of God. You don't even realize it. It was slight. It was gradual. It started changing your worldview. You know why that's important? Because as your worldview goes, so goes your language. And as your language goes, so goes your actions. So how you see the world, and its effect on you and your effect on it determines what you're saying. And what you're saying determines where your feet are taking you. And so if you're saying, because you've been altered just a tad by influence, uh, it's just one Sunday, it's no big deal, uh, you don't even realize uh, the language you're talking uh, is causing your step uh, to go in a direction that will put you out uh, on the periphery. uh, And on the periphery uh, is perversion and distortion. Worldview impacts language and beliefs and actions. Now, just stay with me for a moment. I feel such an unction to declare to us today. We better be careful. Because I'm starting to pick up some language in the church that is not church language. It's world language. I'm not talking about cussing. I'm not talking about saying words you shouldn't say. I'm talking about ideas. I'm talking about theories. I'm talking about approaches to doctrine and preaching. I know we heard it all last night, but let me just preach this out to you today. So don't tell me that it's not having any effect. Influence is powerful and it's trickling gradually and slowly into a generation who's talking different about service, who's talking different about worship, who's talking different about preaching, who's talking different about how we dress, and yes, even talking differently about why it matters if they want to be a boy or a girl. I'm telling you, we cannot afford to let that influence trickle down into the church. We need some young men and some young ladies who rise. Yeah. I'm not going to sit on my hands because the rest of my youth group doesn't think it's important to clap. I'm not going to stand like a stick because the rest of my youth group doesn't like the shouting and think that's old fashioned. No, sir. I'm going to influence. I'm going to leap. I'm going to run. I'm going to clap. And you better believe I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to talk in tongues. I'm going to talk in tongues loud. I, I'm going to get lost in the spirit. I know you're coming, but we got a ways to go. I got a clock going for 39 minutes, so I'm not going to be too. Now, I'm not about to state what I'm gonna to state to preach against. I mean, preaching against is just like,
0: I wanna be careful.
1: But I am gonna tell you, we gotta be careful. 2.5 billion monthly users watch videos on YouTube. And before you say anything, you're one of them. (laughs) Now there may be a few here that are not, but the majority of you are. I'm not here to take a stand for or against. I'm just gonna give you the facts. 2.5 billion monthly users on YouTube, 2.3 billion monthly users on Instagram over a billion users on TikTok. That's just the top three. All those that run under the radar that some of you have on your phone right now that nobody else knows you have on your phone because it's camouflaged that run under the radar. My point is, as an apostolic movement, in 2023 i'm not preaching to the moms and dads and the pastors i'm preaching to you young people the generation that's alive right now in 2023 you better be careful everything is not as innocent as it looks and that one little seed that one little concept unpacked that one little influence It trickles. It gradually comes in. But oh, thank God, Ham was not the only one that was coming off the ark. But Shem was walking right beside him. I see what you're doing, Ham, but I'm not gonna let that be the only influence. I'm coming out with my own influence. I'm coming out with my own hunger, with my own desire. I want to hurry. Him became an immediate and a dominant influence in the earth. Shem took a little longer. It was just a trickle flowing here and a trickle flowing there but he would not bow. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 11 these are the generations of Shem. He was a hundred years old and he begat Airfax two years after the flood and Shem lived and begat after he begat 500 years and begat sons and daughters. I mean, we could go on and on, and Airfax lived, and Selah, his son, lived, and Eber, his son, lived. bringing about the conceiving sons and daughters. But when you get to Eber, he lived four and 30 years and he begat an important man named Peleg. And Peleg beget a man named Ruah. And Ruah beget Surah. And Surah beget Nahor. And Nahor beget Terah. And Terah beget Abram, that First Chronicle says, oh, by the way, this is the same who is Abraham. It took a little while, but Shem just didn't give up. It took a little while, but he didn't quit. It took a little while, but he just kept going to prayer meeting and he just kept going to Sunday church. Everybody else was losing their mind. Everybody else was turning their back. But Shem said, I know it's gonna work. I'm just gonna stay with it. And finally, finally, here he comes. Abraham's coming. I'm trying to go slow and hurry at the same time. Why is it important that we have the record of Abraham? Because Abraham is going to get a promise from God. I know Canaan's been wreaking havoc in the earth for the last several hundred years. But Shem, he just kept on going. He just kept on sowing a seed of influence. Sowing a seed of influence until Abraham came. And God made a covenant with Abraham. I'm going to give you the land of the Canaanites where they've wreaked havoc, where they've caused chaos, where they've twisted. I want to preach to a young man and a young lady. You feel like you're living in a losing situation. Come on, keep going to your service. Come on, keep coming to peak. Keep living right, keep doing right. Keep being faithful to God and your church. Why? Because Cana is gonna end up so twisted and perverted. They need help. The inflow is gradual. It's indirect, but it's powerful. What happens is the descendants of Ham end up in such a distorted and perverted way that they hold everything that belongs to God. And God says, Abraham, you're gonna start this show. I'm gonna give you power to set the land free from the Canaanites. And oh wait, Ham had another descendant by the name, or we know them as the Jebusites. Both Joshua and Judges tell you, as the historian that would record the oral record would say in both Joshua and Judges, he would say, and the Jebusites who live in Jerusalem until this day, in their day when the historian would pen the oracles or the uh, uh, historical record of that time of Joshua and Judges, he would say they're still in Jerusalem, let me just cut to the chase and tell you that the Jebusites lived in Jerusalem 500 years after the children of Israel went into the land of promise, but it was not theirs to possess. God had to wait on a descendant of Shem by the name of David who said, hey, that belongs to us. I wish I could really preach into this congregation today what I feel. I'm telling you dominion belongs to you, not the transgenders at your high school. Come on, dominion belongs to you, not to the radical social left that is trying to distort your reality. I'm not talking about going out and waging a physical war, but what I am saying, you keep going to school with that uncut hair, young lady. You keep going to school, young man, and not participating in that organized sports. You keep going to school, be proud, Holy Ghost proud, that God made you and shaped you into a young lady and into a young man. You know why? Because Jabez is gonna come knocking. I didn't know how I got here. I don't know how to get out, but I got a feeling you've got an answer. Something else a descendant of Ham did. They built Nineveh. But Nineveh got to a place where they could no longer help themselves. They needed a preacher to come preach to them. I wonder who's here today that'll make up your mind. I'm not going to turn my back and say, I'll never preach to them. I'll never witness to them. They don't want this. I'm telling you, that young person in your high school, on your college campus, even in your youth group, that's toying around with the perverted, twisted ideas of this world, inside they're saying, I wonder if there's anybody that can help me out of this. Come on, God's gonna send you to Nineveh. Come on, young man, come on, young lady. God's gonna send you to Nineveh, will you go? Will you go? Will you make up your mind? I'm going to be an influencer. None of us not going to influence me. Hallelujah! I don't have time to preach all this and talk about all this. But if you do uh, uh, a Geological study of the Bible, like Bible map study type thing, what you're going to find is in the northern region of Israel where Tyre and Sidon, which were built by descendants of Ham. You're going to find that northern region that also housed uh, uh, the area of Gadara and, and uh, the area where the demonic who lived in the tombs was. Magdala where also Mary Magdalene was. These are all the northern regions of Capernaum. Interestingly, they were dominated by descendants of Ham, but that's why the prophet would say that where there is darkness, a great light has come. You're also gonna find in that northern region the majority of the times in your Bible where Jesus cast out a devil or heals all possessed with a devil is in that northern region. There is so much perversion. There is so much chaos. There is so much uncertainty. Oh, they don't even know how to live without the influence of the world. But here comes Jesus into the coast of Tyre and Sidon and a woman of chaos. Who is sick and tired of Ham's influence, who is sick and tired of what it's produced, comes running to Jesus and falls at his feet and says, Master, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. I've come to preach to Peak 2023. You're the answer to the demonic world that is held captive by influence. You are may never be popular on Instagram. You may never be popular on Facebook, but God has anointed you to walk out of this building and be an influencer everywhere you go. You're a message of hope to a chaotic, perverted, twisted world. Musicians, come please. Eventually, Helm is gonna be in desperate need of deliverance. The question will be, will Shem be ready? Will Shem have an answer for Helms' distorted, perverted, broken life? Remember, influence is an inflow Slowly and gradually impacts. We have, and rightfully so, used this scripture as a salvific scripture, and rightfully so. I want to emphasize that is true, but could there be more to what Jesus is saying? In John 7, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any anybody- man Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Perhaps we have limited the impact of what Jesus was saying. I need influencers in the world. But it's gotta start in you but it cannot stay in you. The point of the Holy Ghost is not just to have an internal river. The point of the Holy Ghost is when I walk in the dominion of hell, where Canaan is ruling and chaos and perversion is holding captive, there's an influence coming out of me when I pass bomb at Walmart, when I pass bomb at Target, when I sit next to him at Starbucks, when I'm in class with them at school, when we're communicating, there's something flowing and they're looking over at me. They're not thinking you're strange just because of the way you look. They're sensing something coming out of you. They're so tired of being dominated. They're so tired of being controlled. Can I tell you that both Ham and Shem both went out of the ark. One went out in abandonment and one went out in mission. One went out forsaking the ark. I want to emphasize to you today, we didn't have time to get into it today, but I want to emphasize to you that the ark was not enough to remedy the influence in Ham's life. There was nothing wrong with the ark. It was Ham. My God, Ham left the ark in abandonment. I don't want to go back to that place. Shem left the ark in mission. I'm going forth from the ark to let everybody know you don't have to live like they lived on the other side and I'm going to teach my generations to come and out of that is going to come one that is going to set the world free but he's not going to do it by himself. He's going to put his spirit in you and in me and he's going to send us out of the ark not in an abandonment but in mission to go, to go, to go. I'm looking at some descendants of Shem by the Baptist of Jesus and the infilling of his spirit God wants you to go I'm looking at a host of influencers today forget how many followers you have on social media man of God used this verse last night Isaiah 59 19 The enemy shall come in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord, the wind. So the enemy is coming in with its flood. And the wind of God is pushing back. And he will raise up a standard, a banner. These are banners. Every one of these men on this platform are banners. They're 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 making a declaration, but every single one of you, God's Spirit is pushing back the flood, and He's sending you forth as a banner, a a a, a banner of war, a, a brother Carol. A, of declaration, you can be free, you can be free. Come on, when you go out of this place, when you go back to your city, when you go back to your church, you're going back as a banner, a declaration of what God is and what God can do. Come on, I wanna preach into a young man, a young lady here today. Be an influencer, quit being influenced by those you think have more value than you. Be an influencer! through the power if that's the way you feel if you desire it uh, I want you to press your way into this altar Uh, we don't need room to shout so press uh, press what we need room for this morning uh, is rivers What we need room for this morning is something flowing out of you that's not gonna stop in this altar. But when you go out of this place, you're going out as an influencer, not so you can have cool posts, not so that you can say, look at me here, look at me there. No, no, you're an influencer for the kingdom of God. You're going forth out of this house and you're sending out the river of life. You're sending out the message. You're sending out hope. Come on, there's gonna be a day that one that ridicules you and mocks you and tries to put you in a corner over your belief system is gonna come to you and say, Help me! Keep walking, keep being faithful. Come on, lift your hands all over this altar. Come on, God wants to settle a call in this house today a young man who's been resisting because you've been influenced by the wrong influence. God wants to turn that around today. Come on, young lady. God wants to turn that around today. Would you lift your hands all over this house as they begin to lead us in worship? Come on, pray until you praying in the Holy Ghost.